Thanks for downloading this podcast from Brum Radio. For more programs, search our podcast page at brumradio.com. In the heart of Birmingham, one team to bring you your week in geek. It's the Geeky Brummy Show every Saturday, 12 till 1 on Brum Radio. Welcome to the Geeky Brummy Podcast. Yay! Hooray! Hooray. We actually do promise to be a bit more regular with these. I hope you've enjoyed the last few where we've been covering off our live shows for the pretty much last year now. Where the hell has that gone? Uh, Today it will be a special show dedicated just to the wonder that is Mr. David Bowie and his multiple incarnations. Welcome to Geeky Brummy, first show back for 2017. So hello. Hello, Guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back in action already. Hi, Keith. He's never changed. Hello. <laughs> Hi, George. Hello. Hi, Phil. Hi. Hi, Dave. Which one? W. <laughs> Hello. And we're just going to call you Brumau. That'll be easier. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mr. Massey. Hello, good afternoon. Go right, Brumau. Right. So this is the first time we've all been in the studio for a very long time. Full so. house. Yep, full yeah. house. Welcome Did you miss back. me? Yes. So Families all together. Aww. Yes. So we're going to have a packed show today. We're going to be talking about the amazing film work of a certain Mr. David Bowie, including Labyrinth, The Man Who Fell to <coughs> Earth, which I guy endured. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I missed that, but I just, um, all I could hear in the group chat was just the sort of the weird, lots of nudity. and, and Yes, sort of, many um, nudities. And, 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 and guys kind of running interior monologue as that film was happening. Yes. Was there, was, there was a lot of sausage. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dave Massey, and you're listening to Geeky Brummy on brumradio.com. Brum hour! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Labyrinth. Possibly one of my all-time favourite movies from my childhood. It's one of those films where, on a Sunday afternoon, if it's on TV, you have to drop everything you're doing yes. and just devote the next two hours to the, the magic. Yes. I, mean, I don't know who, how everybody else's fond memories are. You're right, guys. I'm just, after trust, trying not to burp on you, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of the fondest memories of my childhood. It's one of those films that... It, it belongs with Krull in that kind of special <coughs> Christmassy but not Christmas movies that's on every year mm. and that you will watch regardless. Yeah, I came to it a little bit later. I think the first time I watched it all the way through um, and really kind of got it was um, when I was at university. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, David Bowie as the Goblin King, iconic. Yes. Well, iconic bizarre. underpants as well, isn't it? Uh, well, it's the first time I, I, I remember, the first time I had ever seen a man in high heels and I thought, what, what, what? That's, you're, you're allowed, that's allowed. That's, that's, biz- and I, I, my mind, yes. my tiny mind was blown. <laughs> yes, I mean, I think Jennifer Connelly matches him in acting skill in that one. Oh yeah, they're just, they, they both drip charisma. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just fantastic. I think, and I think it's um, probably the archetype for a lot of the um, sort of cheaper fairy tale movies that Hollywood's tried to churn out with yeah. kind of that, that real, combination of romantic but then really creepy and dark as well yes i mean i think the final scene in that film with those two facing off is very dark Mm, considering it's supposed to be a child's fairy tale yeah keith your thoughts on labyrinth well it's an all-time classic Um, yeah i'm a big fan of jim henson yes so we'd already had dark crystal a few years before so labyrinth was like the next one of jim henson's kind of 
getting into uh, big movies. Everybody knew him from the Muppets and stuff. And it's also it's George Lucas as well. Yeah. People tend to forget that it's a big collaboration between those three, Bowie, Lucas, and, and yeah. Jim Henson. It's a brilliant movie. Starts off a little ropey. You know, Jennifer's accents all over the place. But it's puppets, <laughs> for God's sake. You know, English slash Americans left. Back to English. Yeah, it's yeah. nonsense. It's playful. It's dark. It's sinister. I mean, who doesn't want a Cockney worm? Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hoggle, you know. Yes. If you don't behave, you're going to get dipped into the bog of eternal stench. Yes. Or tralala, as yes. Bowie also says. <laughs> that. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. Everybody should watch it because, you know, um, Yonderland yes. is one of those shows that's on Sky One now, which owes a great debt to that yeah. whole Henson. Having that puppets, live yeah. action mix. It's, you know, it's, if you, if you can't beat that physicality of. Bowie being surrounded by all of these creatures that are actually there. Yes, you know it's it's the it's the grand age of of movies that actually felt real and felt you know something yeah. that you could just grab hold of. And is it Brian Frood, the designer I that designed was, all the yeah. creatures and stuff? He did a load of books about fairies yeah. and goblins and stuff. It's beautiful, beautiful. George, it's Bowie at his Bowieist. Yes, isn't it? <laughs> I think like it, it, everything from his slightly odd speech pattern to the very intense look. That's yes. going on. He's just classic. I mean, yeah, it's an iconic look. It's like felt I didn't come to Labyrinth until I was an adult, but even before seeing it, I knew big chunks of the dialogue. Yes. Anyway, so it's it's that's it's, how it's you remind me of the babe. Exactly. The, what babe? <laughs> the babe of the power. What power? The power of voodoo. Who do? You do. You remind me of the babe. And now exactly. we're going to recreate the entire <laughs> script of Labyrinth for you. <laughs> yes, but it is. As I said, yeah. Shining light on my childhood, Dave. You were in Holland for this when this came out. I assume. Yeah, I think I might have been a little bit too young to remember it when it was out originally. Yes. But yeah, I, I, again, with as with George and Phil, I didn't come to it until I was an adult as well. Yeah. At least not for the full run of it. I only have one question: What combination of drugs were they on when they came up with the script? Because it's truly bizarre, it's, but in a brilliant way. I, it, it's yes. incredible, but slightly bizarre. Yeah, it is. It's plotless, it, I'd say. Is it ever made clear why the Goblin King wants Toby? It's because I think she makes the wish, and as soon as you say the right <laughs> oh, wish, then it's, he right. becomes, she becomes yes, auto- no, yeah. Toby yeah. becomes automatic property mm. of, of the Goblin King. It's a very odd storyline for children. I'd yeah. Say. yeah. When you compare it to other films at the time, like Princess Bride, <laughs> Legend, those yeah. kind of movies, which are in that kind of similar era and similar settings, they actually had a plot. Whereas yeah. Labyrinth, it just seems to be, we need something to make her wander for the Labyrinth, so we'll just make him steal her stepmother. stepmother. Yeah. And of course, the other slightly confusing, well, traumatising thing for young children uh, in that film, the contents of David Bowie's trousers. They should have had their own credit, I think. In yeah. yeah, It's an impressive <laughs> wardrobe selection for you, that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mr. Massey. You a big fan of Labyrinth? I was an actual child when this one. I watched this for the first time. An actual child. An actual child. I you <laughs> Not just a pretend child. You, all, you normally talk about things that when you were you were all kids and I yeah. was a grown up. So yeah, I, I was an actual child when I watched this, and it was on TV. I don't remember seeing it at the cinema for some no. reason, but I must have been about ten or yeah. eleven. And um, yeah, really, you know, loads of ideas. It's one of those films that you know. Um, from what re- reading the background of it was written yeah. as it went along, there yeah. were elements that had to just that weren't working that they just had to yeah and just make up on the yeah on the fly and that kind of adds to the whole idea of where are you going and what are you doing yeah. and what's happening yeah. and I can recite loads and loads of that which <laughs> think, is just I think between us in the studio we could probably we could do, do the, the entire film because I can do the intro yeah. 
Go on. Maybe next week. <laughs> Go on. Uh, I had an ex-girlfriend who I offended because I called her Ludo. <laughs> oh, small tales from Guy Help. Ludo <laughs> Everybody forgets about the dog and the little rat thing. That's so yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's kind of like he turns up for the last quarter of the movie, is it? Yeah, but that's a, he's the defender of the bridge. Yes, so it's like, true. Yeah, but you know, what what better thing can you have in a film yes. than a puppet riding an old English sheepdog in the scene? Whilst yes. fighting a giant mechanical goblin. Yeah. A, a sometimes real sheepdog and a sometimes CGI sheepdog. We do yeah. not CGI. This is the it's a puppet sheepdog. The only bit of CGI is the owl at the very start in the opening credits. Oh, I think, really? which is oh, and then right at the very very end as yes. well. And it's and yeah. it's so it clashes so glaringly yeah. with like you were saying you know with the real puppets who are physically in the scene yeah. to have then um, sort of the yeah. most 80s effect yes. of end the film it's sort of like well I'm not going to say it ruins it because obviously it doesn't yes. but um, it's just a bit sort of um, jarring, jarring. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. the glory days of the early CGI mm. but also there was well I remember seeing some of the behind the scenes footage where it kind of give or gave away how Bowie did the, uh, with the, the, the French magician behind him, yeah. So he got his he that, you know, the arm through this the armpit kind of thing, yes. doing the, the kind of twiddling of his balls, so to speak. <laughs> Chris Balls. <laughs> We're <Sorry>. back. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> right, so segueing over to the other end of the sci fi fantasy spectrum. Man Who Fell to Earth. Guy, your thoughts? Yeah, Guy, you start us off on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Thanks. I mean, I'm, I'm a massive Bowie fan, but this just bored me to tears. Um, it was, it's, it's, it's pretentious faff. <laughs> and I know I'm probably Keith's looking at me like, right now, but it, it, I just didn't get what was going on. I got really bored. Um, I like the soundtrack. Yeah. And I think there is zero exposition for the first half of the movie. It's just the scenes happen with no real concept of why they're happening. Yeah, well, it's a Nick Rowe film. Yeah. It is, it's very much of its time. Oh, yes, that kind definitely. Of 70s stuff. And I, I probably saw it in the early 80s, so I'd probably come to it through something like Movie Drome, Alex Cox's yeah. showing it on BBC Two. And that was probably a version that's different to the one that's available now because it had got the several versions of the film. So they cut out a lot of the kind of like more ri- the risky content yes. that they put in because it was coming off Don't Look Now. So Nick Rogue, who was one of the most famous yeah. kind of intimate uh, scenes in yes. that with Donald Sutherland and Duke Christie. So they kind of insert some of this. But I love the fact that it is, it's weird, it's otherworldly. And also as well the it, fact that it's so pertinent in this modern age as well because yes. um, Thomas comes to the Earth to kind of help his planet and help yes. Earth and ends up being consumed by consumerism yes, and, and avarice money and greed and, and money and alcohol yeah. and famousness and stardom and stuff. So it's, yeah. it's a film that still holds a lot of interesting content. It's filmed and structured in a way which is very much of its time and probably plays a little bit ploddingly and a little bit kind of languorous yeah. to, to modern audiences. But if you can stick with it, it's beautifully shot. It's put together well. Uh, Guy's now a massive fan of Rip Torn, who you know, <laughs> makes a few good appearances yes. during that movie. Uh, it was a bit different from his Men in Black well. work, put it that uh, way. Uh, uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting some of the stuff that happened in that movie. You could say he makes a few small appearances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think it's one of those films that it, it plays to it's the period that it was made. It's definitely that kind of slightly yeah. weird, psychedelic, strange kind of uh, thing. But mm-hmm. you know, I think it's it still stands the test of time. I think modern audiences probably would struggle with yes. it, but it still has a lot to say. I mean, the thing that I struggled with was probably the last half an hour because it just meanders into a non-ending. I'd, I'd say there's no real resolution. There's no real 
finish to the movie. It just ends well, it just on a conversation. With a that, that, yeah, you know, he's just, he just lowers his head and and kind of consigns himself to this is my life now, which yeah. is kind of like says a lot about he's kind of like I can't escape this. Yeah, and it it's a very interesting watch. If you're a fan of cinema and you're a fan of seventies movies, I'd suggest having a watch. And you, as I said, you love the soundtrack. Yeah, soundtrack was good because it wasn't actually a Bowie soundtrack. It was well, um, it, it was the guys got some mamas and papas, but um, yeah, it was supposed to be a Bowie soundtrack. But yeah. I think it was legal wranglings around getting him to write stuff while he was still in the contract at the time. I think. Yeah, it ended up, ended up being quite a hodgepodge of different sounds. So there's classical music in there. Yeah. There's contemporary songs. There's, there's blues. Songs there's stuff, funky. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else in the studio watched it? Not what I've seen. No, the, the, the range of silence. <laughs> no, I, I just yeah. um, oh, the, the only knowledge I have of the film is, uh, like I said, on the group chat, a guy just talking yeah. about Riptorn's Todger. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it's it's a very interesting watch, and yeah. I'd say going with open eyes <laughs> rather <laughs> expecting it we, to be a typical sci-fi movie from the seventies. Yeah. Can, can we go on with with closed eyes at certain points? Yes, yeah. definitely closed <laughs> eyes at certain points, especially in the last part, latter part of the movie. I don't know. I mean, if you, if you want to see what Bowie had, pa- what he was packing down there, then you know, keep your eyes open. To be honest with you, yeah. If you, you want to see the other half, the labyrinth. I'm not, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to like Ryan's. Just like keep watching it because you see this, and I was just sort of like that. Kind of got me through the last bit of the film. Oh my God. It's another case of where he became that character. Yes. He, he had to put weight on to be that character, and even in the film, he's kind of tiny, and then kind of. Um, he's, he's low yes. and station to station is him as that character so he, ca- he carries that persona on into his musical career as yeah. well so after that so then a couple of years after he's still kind of toying with that character yeah I mean another film we need to mention but we're really running out of time here is Merry Christmas Mr Lawrence brilliant movie probably the saddest Christmas film of all time but worth a watch it's basically J- David Bowie in a Japanese prison camp during the second world war I mean, that, that sounds, sounds like, like a real. Yes. Yeah. Just because it has Christmas in the title, do not associate <laughs> it with your Christmas 24 movies, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but amazing soundtrack to that one. And the other thing he was known for is his cameos as well. So, Zoolander, which I'm assuming everybody which is. Like this. Crap, <laughs> greatest cameo ever. Yes. Yeah. The Prestige. Yeah, the Prestige. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the kind of film that you, you never do. Do you watch class that as a cameo? It, it was an actual role, really, wasn't it? I was going to say, yeah. it was kind it of like. It's not for very long, it's but it's like a pivotal. But, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a big role that doesn't appear for long. He probably yeah. filmed it all in one day and then yeah. they kind of rewrote the film to have him in it. Because, yes. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, if David Bowie wants to be in your movie, you're going to come hell or high water Absolutely. to squeeze him in at some point. And yeah. having him play Nikolai Tesla in yes. that one as well, it's a perfect casting for that. Mm-hmm. And then what was the other, the um the hunger with I want to say Catherine Deneuve yeah yes. yeah 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 so he is well known for his cameos and I think the movie roles don't detract from his music it was kind of him between albums chilling out a little bit he also missed his amazing appearance in extras oh. little po- little <laughs> punk nose man, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was just him being David Bowie yeah I, I think that was the funniest thing with most of his cameos it's just him being himself but slightly more if you were David Bowie why would you ever be anyone else yes apparently the only reason he didn't do the Flight of the Concords Bowie episode was because he'd just an extras and he thought it'd be a bit too much to have two cameos as himself within well, a very short the Flight of the Concords why, why turn Definitely. down the Concords and yes. do I'm sorry Rick, Rick Ricky 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 Ricky, Ricky. 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 Yeah. yeah I mean you know if, 
that's that, that, that perhaps one of Bowie's worst decisions. Yeah. 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 If I was not offered both of those, I'd go for Concords. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But when uh, when he did pass away last year, um, Jermaine Clement wrote a big long post about it, which I'm not going to go into too much detail, but his favorite, my favorite line, which many Howie signs off is, I think I've heard from my friends that David Bowie had the Flight of the Concords Bowie song in his iPod, and that's one of the most <laughs> treasured things wow. of my life. Oh, that is lovely. That is. Yes. This is Greg Grunberg, and you have to trek before you war. You are listening to Geeky Brummy on Brum Radio. The rebellion of the long hairs is getting underway. A 17-year-old, Davy Jones, has just founded the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Long-Haired Men. Well, I think we're all fairly tolerant, but for the last two years we've had uh, comments like, Darling, and uh, can I carry a handbag thrown at us? I think it's just had to stop now. That was David Bowie's first ever TV appearance, as he was Davy Jones then, not the monkeys oh. one. What talking about people with long hair? Guy, you have thoughts on this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is a small tale, then. Small tales with Guy Halford. <laughs> so I was in the post office yesterday. I was posting out some posts, as you do, and um, four-year-old kids looking at me stood next to his mum, like, "Why has he got long hair?" His mum's like, "Cause he's chosen to grow." He's like, "Yeah, but why?" His mum's like, "Cause he has," and he's, and he's like, "Yeah, but why?" And then he's like, and she's like, yeah, but your uncle's got long hair. And the kid's like, yeah, but why's he got long hair? And I'm just sat there thinking, Jill, what's your problem? Like, I'm really wanting to rank it. Like, why are you asking questions? Why's your mum got long hair? Why have you got short hair? Why are you wearing a Paw Patrol t-shirt? What's going on in your life? Like, stop asking questions and what's leave What's going me on in your life, four-year-old? Did <laughs> you <laughs> journalism with Did you take this opportunity to, to crouch down and come to this four-year-old's eye level and explain to him the intricacies of life and what he was going to like, experience in the, in a few yeah. years' time? And you this could whole have thing of be who you, you want to be. Yeah. He could have been more tolerant, more acceptable. You could have changed it. He could end up being the next Prime Minister of the UK. And by you giving him this kind of like <laughs> insight into how Aww. people are different and unusual and diversity is good, yeah. you could have changed the world in the future, Guy. See, I could just see Guy having a fist fight in a post office with a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably more likely. Yeah, that, I mean... Yeah, yeah. holding his head like a swing. I know what I'd be putting my money on. Yeah. Yeah. We're, all, we're all betting on the four-year-old, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. yep. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, because my girlfriend told me before, she, before Christmas, she was in the post office, uh, not going to mention the location, but somewhere in the <laughs> West Midlands, and she was in there sending posts, as you do in the post office. And then some chaps... What always, else do you do in the post office except pick You can up? pay bills. Change <laughs> money. You can... Catch your car, right? <laughs> so Get a passport for <laughs> Pick up post. So she was in there, and apparently there was a, a mum and a daughter in there, and they had baby pushed yet. And then she heard some girls outside go, You're a scat! And they walked in, and they just literally tore the post office apart, chucking cabinets around and had a massive fight. Wow. Yeah, so there you go. There you go. Can I Don't get violent in the post office. Can I make a, suge- a suggestion, Guy? You and your girlfriend should just not go to post offices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just should go out. Yeah. <laughs> well, so there you go. Um, but I, d- I was tempted to turn around to kid go, do you know why I've got long hair? Because I'm cooler than you'll ever be. <laughs> 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 and th- were you wearing your leopard skin coat at this point, so you flounced off? I wasn't at that time. <laughs> That's why you were at full Guy Halford power. You had that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the power of the court. <laughs> yes. Talking anyway. about cultural impact of strange pieces of clothing, because David Bowie, I think he had a massive impact on counterculture. I mean, we've heard of him there as a young 17-year-old lad having long hair in the 60s, which... 50s, sorry. Which was a bit of a different world back then. And culture wasn't something that was allowed. So, I mean, Keith, you've grown up 
quite a lot with David Bowie in your life. Was that your nice way of saying keep your old? Tell us about it. Tell us about the old days, Grandad. <laughs> I'll, I'll, just, the I'll just sit in my rocking chair for a moment. I'll put my, my jumper on. As, as the senior spokesman for Keep Your Brummy. During the wall. Gather round, children. I've got a story to tell. No, he, he was one of these artists that kind of emerged and you kind of, he was there and the music yeah. was amazing. But his look and the way he changed... And that kind of it, that kind of um, his ability to just kind of uh, make people talk about kind of what was acceptable and stuff. So yes. we, they were coming out. We were coming out of the '60s, so slightly more in America than in the yeah. UK. I think the UK still struggled with this kind of like whole kind of counterculture stuff that was going on at yeah. the time. But Bowie, by dressing the way he did and acting the way he did, started to challenge people's perceptions of what was the norm mm -hmm. and I think his impact on all of the kind of countercultural movements that we've had ever since yeah. has been immeasurable he kind of started to make oddity and unusualness and stuff much more yeah. kind of accepted and more normal so as a, as a person himself mm -hmm. outside of his kind of artistic stuff the fact that he changed his hair colour he wore unusual clothes. He dressed a particular way. Yeah. He kind of um, very led a lifestyle yeah. that was kind of like, you know, slightly outside of the norm. So he mm -hmm. did have a massive input. And in the, the 70s, we did have, you know, there was Bowie, there was uh, Mark Boland. We yeah. had a lot of these kind of people who were kind of challenging this kind of sense of what it was to be. And I think it freaked a lot of kind of 70s um, traditionalists out, the kind of wheel tappers and shunters yes. kind of guys and the kind of, you know, the... British sitcom fraternity kind of always, you know, looked at it. You know, That's you'd have a character turn up yes. in a sitcom in the seventies who was dressed like Bowie, and he'd be ridiculed and whatever. Yes. But I think it pushed us towards the fact that in the eighties, when we had kind of um, new wave and new romantic and stuff, that was definitely coming from that. Kind of yeah, and I even think style. punk a little bit. I think he opened the door to a yeah, quite a lot to say you can be scene, something different. So yeah. I mean, he was bringing that kind of music over. So his collaborations with people like Lou Reed, yeah, and that kind of starting that CBGB's kind of draw of, of artists over. So kind of people like the Ramones, Patti Smith, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So Britain was opening its doors to slightly more yeah. unusual and diverse kind of music. So it wasn't all the Nolans and mm -hmm. um, and Hip Factory kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So it's was, it was really good. So he's you know as, as a persona, he's had yes. a massive influence, and I think that's I'm why talking, we all felt yeah. so impacted on when he died because he, he was just yes. so integrated into everybody's lives. I mean, talking about personas, I think that's had a massive cultural impact as well. He was probably the first person to change himself and play a role in the public's eyes. And it's not David Bowie. You had Ziggy Stardust, you had the Thin White Duke and him playing a persona. And I think quite a lot of music artists have picked up on that nowadays. You know, Lady Gaga. Oh, I was just going to say, you wouldn't Madonna. have Lady Gaga without... Yeah. Um, I mean, when, when she very first started out, you know, going, yeah. when she decided she didn't want to be Stephanie Germanotta. Yeah. Um, and the whole, she had the, the lightning strike as part of her branding as a yes. note to him. Um, yeah. But I don't think anyone has ever done the persona as well as Bowie. No, people just talk about Madonna for reinvention, yes. and I think it, it ought to be Bowie. Madonna, it ought to be Bowie. Yes. There are so so many of these looks are so iconic and yet so different from each other. You could be, you know, if you want, went to a party dressed as David Bowie, there are literally hundreds of things you could choose from, and people would instantly know who you are. And there are distinct, there are distinctive eras in mm. the music and the entire sort of style and aesthetic as well. Definitely, and still, I think so. So. Ha have so much impact. I think for makeup artists, he's still a huge inspiration. There are thousands of makeup artists out there still <coughs> recreating his looks, particularly things like from the Ziggy Stardust era, that are just absolutely iconic. And some, but because they were weird, I think he was trying to do stuff that was strange and without necessarily worrying about being attractive. So a phrase that my dad always used for Nicky Wire from the Manchester Street Preachers was referred to him as being a beautiful freak, and I think <laughs> Bowie fits in that box as well in the nicest way. 
that it was about sh- strangeness. But do you know what I find interesting? Recently, I think it, there was a, an old interview with him where he said that he he basically kind of implied that he just ripped everybody else off. So nothing he ever did was original. Whilst you look at him as an innovator in, in music, and he is, but he is right. He ripped off everybody. Like his his soul period is ripping off soul music from the sixties, mm. and you know his glam period is ripping off music from the fifties. It's just he did rip off periods, but then he innovated it. To is, is, it is it ripping it off if you take something and change it into something else and be? Well, yeah, yeah I, I guess. Yeah. But the, the, I mean, I suppose he's a he's a pioneer of the fact that these days, if you look at music, there's no there's nothing you can do which is original. Yeah, and yeah, I think he's a pioneer that there's nothing you can do which is original but you can put your twist on it. I think it's part of what makes a a true creative person creative is that ability to take things from multiple sources, rearrange it, reorganise it, and create something something new. new. Because I think that's... All creative people are, in some sense, plagiarising or taking from other stuff. There's muses, there's influences. We're all looking back to the past to create something new for the future. And that's why Bowie managed to keep a career going because he was constantly looking back recreating it and re-energizing it and making it something new for the future. Carol Barrelman here and you are listening to Brum Radio. That's my big sister and we love the Brummies. And this is my wee brother. Heroes. Great song. One of my favorite Bowie songs, I think. It's all right. It's overused, I think. It's become one of those for the montage scenes now, yeah, isn't it? You know, the yeah. Olympics and, yes. you know, like, Bake Off and it's just like... Do you know what ruined it? Is, um, the other perks of being a wallflower and they were like, oh my god, you need to hear this song, it's going to change your life. And they're like hanging out of a car like, oh my god, this is the best song ever. And it's all like, this is infinite. lame. Yeah. See, I, I remember when it was on Live Aid. <laughs> yes. In 1985. I was two then. <laughs> I was minus two then. <laughs> anyway. I, I, I was in the Birmingham Evening Mail on the day of Live Aid. I'll see you. Yeah. What, what, what did you do? You do? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the Olympics coming to Birmingham. Which, which never happened, yes. <laughs> yes that, Wasn't that that, that terrible sitcom? Right. Wasn't there a terrible sitcom set in like a B&B in Birmingham where all the runes were named after like Olympic things? If you're they... looking for terrible sitcoms set in Birmingham, there are choices. Yes. I mean, Citizen Khan. Yes. Oh! <laughs> I, I, I like Citizen Khan. I like Citizen Khan. Yes, talking about... My, my dad is like Citizen Khan. <laughs> That opens a whole world <laughs> yes. of questions. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Shall we move on? Yes. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of the geeky going on, people. We lost the eye dent again. That was a, <laughs> Maybe. That was a terrible version. Huge <laughs> yes. It'll do. Um, I just want to point out that additional sound effects in the studio, such as teeth linking and rapper's day, were present, provided by Brum Hour. So thanks <laughs> Hi, I'm George Ellesmere from the Geeky Brummy Show. Join the Mayhem live every Saturday from 12 on brumradio.com. Well, thanks very much for listening. And we'll be back next week. A little Welcome bit more to normal. 2017, everyone. Yeah, we'll be back with a special 27 preview show next week. I'll give you a preview 2017. A horrible man's going to be president. Way. Oh, I forgot about that. Don't bring that up. <laughs> We're an apolitical show. Guys. Yes, yes. There's many other fun things coming up in the future. Guys, leave the pretzels alone. Well, just just get away from the pretzels. Get away. There's now a fight for pretzels. No more pretzels, guys. You've Podcast got a marathon to run. One. This yeah. is what happens when we're off air and you don't hear about the crazy. <laughs> this, this is what like, happens when you give Guy... F- we're going to get ants. <laughs> Do you want ants, Guy? Because that's how this you get ants. This is how we get ants. Have you finished eating your pretzel now? Munch, yeah. munch, munch, munch. Yeah. <sighs>
Anyway, so this is behind the scenes of what we get up to in the studio. When Usually the point when delirium is set in. Yes. Welcome this, to the madness. This is the sugar crash time after we've yeah. all got loaded up on chocolate and sweeties and then we get a bit crazy. Mm-hmm. And Keith being Mr. Amateur Photographer as well at the same time. Making a terrible YouTube video. Behind the scenes. Are we, are we, are we pretending to talk again? Yes. We do that. Like he was posing for a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the glad that you that you've uh, started to recognise my selfie brand. <laughs> yes. yeah. I think we should all take selfies as Phil. I think I know yes. the selfie face yeah. by now. Yeah. yeah. Like you know, you tilt your hand, you drop it, you raise an eyebrow, and then you you know, yeah, and just bit of a power as high as possible. Was that supposed to be a naughty word then, Keith? Was it? I almost swore. So what are we talking about there? Right, so we're going to have a special from Mr. Philip Ellis. On <laughs> yeah, even it was a special. <laughs> and he'll be telling us why we're all wrong about something. Mm-hmm. You've got a rant queued up for your angry guy. Oh, yeah, well. I'm annoyed. Yes. Shock horror. And just use your crap that we talk about when we're off here. A load of nonsense. You mean the gold? <laughs> yeah. The stuff we managed the best of show out of, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. We've been too self-aware of ourselves now. Let's just pull, up, pull away our trumpets for a second. Yes. <laughs> right, before we start, we should really mention where we're all on social media if you do want to follow the craziness off-air. So you can find me at Geeky Brummy, of course. Mr. Halford, your vinyl collection can be found. Uh, at VinylGuyH on Instagram or at Guy underscore Halford on Twitter. I have a new blog, but I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it called wow. something about Guy Discovers it's Music? Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, Guy yeah. Discovers Music. There we go. You know my blog. Yes. I do. Better than you, apparently. <laughs> Miss Georgina Ellsmere, where can we find you? Uh, I am Caramel Latte Kiss pretty much everywhere. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. <laughs> uh, with two L's everywhere except Twitter, because their character's on it. Then it's one L, just to be annoying. That's really weird. Yeah. You think they would allow two L's? Strange. It was one too many characters. Do we even need to mention Phil? He's verified. <laughs> verified. Um, well, just in case you're not following me, uh, what the hell's wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> it's uh, on Twitter. I'm at Philip underscore Ellis. That's Philip with one L and Ellis with two. Phil, I've got to thank you because you broke the, the golden shower scandal to me on Twitter. <laughs> 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 now that is a claim to fame. I mean, that was, a, that, yeah, that, I, I, I wish I could have broke that story globally. I, I, was, <laughs> I stayed up until three in the morning watching that unfold. Waiting for that PDF. I was just, <laughs> it was, I honestly, like, it was the biggest rush of my life. Um, just, and I, I never thought I would say that in connection to that kind of, you know, subject material. <laughs> but it was just, you know, we live in interesting times. We really yes. do. And so, for those that are unaware of what the story is, <laughs> explain. Um, okay, so we, well, I, I, I must say I have to preface allegedly. Uh, President-elect Donald Trump uh, was recorded in Russia with a couple of sex workers asking them to urinate on him in a bed that incumbent president, President Obama, and his wife Michelle had slept in in Russia. Um, and, uh, and he colluded with Russia to keep this information secret um, in the lead up to the election. Um, and, and, uh, and, and it's all unverified. We, we, don't, we don't know whether it's true, but I think that 100% of the people in this room would say it's absolutely true. <laughs> it's, probably the least, it's probably the most humanizing thing yes. about him. Uh, it's probably, you know, I mean, it's the, 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 the bit where he commits treason yeah. is not great. No. Um, the bit where he likes we, I'm, I, I don't really care about that. That's <laughs> It's the least objectionable thing about him, I think. Different strokes for different groups. No kick 
kink shaming on I think, him. I think, I think giving money to prostitutes is probably the only decent thing he's ever done. To be fair, though, how does that work? Because don't Cheetos dissolve when they get wet? <laughs> the last I've heard about it isn't the guy who wrote this report and like handed it to the FBI, the Republicans and the Democrats now like dis- run yes, into off into hiding just in case Trumpel's guilt still seen comes yeah. through his blood. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently, Kellyanne Conway is convinced that the Clintons are behind it, but of course, how? Yeah. I you know, ugh, it, it, it's Kellyanne Conway. Yes. She lies for a living. Fake news seems to be the biggest thing that's going around at the minute. Well, I mean, it's the, it's it's the going to be the 2017 the, the thing, first, isn't it? The first thing that Donald Trump said about because obviously, whenever anything happens, we we look to his Twitter profile because that's his new mm-hmm. press channel, and he tweeted like in, in in all caps, like it's fake news, like honestly, like nothing happened. It's like, oh, okay, okay, you you know, you 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 sound really secure. You sound like somebody who's got you know who hasn't been uh, you know peed on by uh, by catches. How before. else does he get that golden skin tone? Oh, I <laughs> mean, not having a time for your social media like. And there was the whole Meryl Streep incident, which said, I mean, if Meryl comes for you to tell you you're a bad person, like... And then he was like, oh, Meryl Streep's overrated. It's like, I think, is that the biggest lie you've ever told? (laughs) It's from the three times bankrupt complaining to the multi-Oscar award. Exactly. So if she's overrated as an actress, what does that make you as a businessman? Yes. Anyway, it is time for us to move (laughs) on to... You That's your fault for segueing, Mr. Keith Bloomfield. Where can we find you? You can find me on most of the regular social media streams. Website hardlookhotel.co.uk, Instagram hardlookhotel. Twitter's hardlook underscore hotel. That's somebody already stolen hardlook hotel. No, they was just funny about it. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the Instagram's kind of like, you know, proper photographs. No selfies, yes. no food. Um, and the, and the Twitter is. is just mostly, you know, retweets, rants about public transport, <laughs> occasionally something interesting. But it's yes. worth st- staying with for that occasional nugget of, of just genius that appears every now and again. You should do a series memoirs from the bus. What's the longest wait for the bus this week? Uh, about 20 minutes. Although I did last year, I did a whole series where I turned bus, bus catching into kind of like a nature documentary where the 82s were kind of like a pair and there was like a, a young 82 that yes. followed along and they were preyed on by the 87. And then they kind of went off for a few weeks where they kind of like, they migrated to the great... Uh, Bus herd uh, yeah. of, of another. Yeah, to really to protect themselves against the evil lorries. Bus was gathering great numbers. Also, mm-hmm. well, the, the benefit about the 87 is that um, they transmogrify, so they turn from one bus into another. Whilst you're on it. Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. amazing. It's brilliant. Yep. But it's not all that. <laughs> People think. <laughs> it is. My, my, my Facebook and Twitter streams are all about public transport. I've analysed this. Less than 2% of the content is about public transport. <laughs> Mate, less all than 2% that you of the content read, is you not only pay attention to the bits where I'm ranting about the bus. Hashtag bus funny. life. Serves <laughs> so you right for getting the peasant wagon. I need to learn to drive. Yes. Yeah. Or, or people need to hurry up and invent self driving cars. Or you could walk around the corner and get the bus with me and Dave. I mean, we yeah, never have issues. <laughs> Let's <laughs> <laughs> this main road into Bow. Let's not use that. Let's oh, go for a tour around. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Whitney, where can we find you online? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at uh, dwit3187, W H I T, like the first half of the, of the singer, which I always have to tell everybody when they ask about my surname. Um, Facebook, I am Aces and Armor. 
Um, Instagram, I'm also at Aces and Armour. I re would recommend it if you are quite into Gundam kits because that seems to be all my favourite has been the last few months. Could you build Keith a Gundam bus to get him into town? Yes, that'd be amazing. Let me get back to you on that. See, I would like a mech suit. That would also have some of my pedestrian <laughs> things where there's like, drivers have decided they can turn left or right by overtaking yes. all the waiting traffic. Let's, let's be honest. You, you want, you want a, a transforming bus so that when cars pull in front of the bus and without they just swat it you away, can just yeah. stand up and just destroy them. A mech suit, Molnir, any kind of like yeah. thing that yeah. would allow me to kind of, you know, I, I stop can, I can get on board with that. Talking about pedestrians, I'm going to segue into the world of Angry Guy. What is it with people in shopping centres walking at a quarter of a mile an hour and then just stopping dead in the middle of the footpath and then turning towards the shop? My favourite's the ones who stop dead at the top of the escalator. It's, oh. it's like, oh, it I don't know where rage. I need to go now because yeah. I've now reached the top of the escalator. Oh, I'm just going to like stare at the ceiling for a minute. Like, get my bearings. No. No. <laughs> get out of the way. Yeah. It should be like an automatic boot at the top of an escalator. <laughs> if you're not quick enough, it just kicks you out of the way. I, I believe there should be lanes like we yes. have in on motorways for like you know, slow, slow lane, traffic, yeah. median traffic, and then fast. And lane. actual people who walk at normal pace. Right. Yes, and, exactly. and another one for people with push chairs. Oh. And yes, mobility yeah. scooters. There should be a driving test for push chairs, yeah. I think. Yes. <laughs> just mobility scooters on the pavement. We Slow understand. Don't drive at 20 miles an hour and then barrel people out of the way. Yeah. Yes. Slow pedestrians are fun. They, you know, I'm I'm not exactly a small person. No. I'm a former American football player. People st people stop in front of me. They just get barged over. Yes. I I don't care. I think there should be a rule now that if you are too slow, just move to the side. I, I just barge into people because it's fun because I need them to move out of my way. So you should have rules like they have in London as well. To, to you have to walk on a particular side. Yes. Yeah. That really upsets me. People can, don't. Do can that. we use this um, opportunity for people to finally once and for all lay to rest? Which side of the stairs should you walk? Right. On the right. Right. You say right? It's oh, always yeah. right. I don't know. The right side know. is right. Because <coughs> this, this seems to be a random no, thing. No, no. On the left, no, in the, the middle, no, going right. backwards. You, you, you stand on the right and yes. you walk on the left. Yeah. But well, you keep to yeah. the right. I was always I'm told Philip at school. Ellis, keep and this to is the right. why you are wrong. <laughs> you always keep to the right. That's why I got you told at school. You stand on the right and you walk on the left. They have actual signs for it. Yes. Anyway, it's the other way around in London, you go up the right on the escalators. It's now time for no, no, you. You stand, you, you stand <laughs> on the right and walk on the left in London. Oh yes, true. Yeah. Yeah. So inconclusive there. So if anybody can, <laughs> yeah. inconclusive. If you're not listening to me, right. So it's now time to actually play out the live show that we're supposed to do, and then we'll be back with a little bit of Mr. Philip Ellis telling us all why we're wrong again. And it may take some time. <laughs> Which side he's got a list. And then it's Phil's superpower. Yes, and then Guy will tell us why he's angry this week. Uh-oh. I will. Pip, pip, all. It's Mr. B, the Gentleman Rhymer here. You're listening to Geeky Brummy on Brum Radio. Why is everybody looking at me? Because you're the you're presenter. in charge. <laughs> Why do you think you're all here? So I don't <laughs> have to talk. To right, so now we're going to talk about films in our first part of our segment. And I'm going to start off with Valerian. So this is the latest from, uh, from Luc Besson. It is based on a French science fiction comic series, Valerian and Loreline, who are two space-travelling time agents. And it's the first film he's brought in back into sci-fi since. Well, we'll ignore Lucy. Since I the fifth have element. a soft spot for Lucy. It's terrible. I, I rewatched it on Netflix recently, and I mean, it's the whole ten percent of the brain thing is really dumb. Yes. But it's it's a fun film. 
It's no a fun, fifth, fun No film. fifth element, though, is it? I mean, well, nothing is. You haven't got Gary Oldman with half a plastic egg on his head. Yeah. I mean, can we have a fifth element special of the show at some point? Because I just have so many thoughts and feelings about that. But this is why I'm excited about yes. Valyrian, because he's sort of going back to that really colourful, yeah. crazy, you know, alien populated mm-hmm. universe, and I just can't yeah. wait to see I'd, I'd like to see how he works with the CGI yes. for it. Because mm. I'll miss that from the fifth element because that was very kind of model heavy and people in suits so yeah. how this works is CGI but yeah, I'm looking forward to this know. one I mean after Doctor Strange I think I'm a bit happy with crazy space stuff in CGI now they've demonstrated how good it can be but mm. uh, you got Dane DeHaan who people have seen as the Green Goblin in the Amazing Spider-Man films and Cara Devlin who was in Suicide Squad, and let's not yeah. talk about that. But she, I mean, she's, she's been in other things, you know, and yes. she, she hasn't had like the big breakthrough kind no. of role yet, and this might be it. I'm really her, hoping it is. Luke Besson has a brilliant track record in casting very strong um, Mila actresses. Mila who was yeah. just amazing, and um, before that, um, uh, Bridget Fonda in yeah. uh, the, the Assassin, and um, just he, yeah, he, he sort of he, he gets um, he, he sort of he matches the the actresses with the roles and, and the stories really really well. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe you know, even though Lucy was perhaps you know not the best, um, I think Scarlett Johansson did a good job of it. Yeah, I mean um, he does do strong female characters quite well. Yeah. So I, 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 I've got faith in in uh, him and in in Cara that you know yeah. he's found the right girl for the job. Due for release twenty first of July, UK. So. A bit further down the line, but as I said, it looks amazing. Next film I picked out was The Dark Tower. So this is Stephen King's magnum opus. It ties all of his book series together. It's Mm. seven books long, if I remember correctly, in the series, plus an extra bit that was kind of wedged in between. seven books and then another book and then then some short stories and then about half of his other novels. They all interplay and interweave. It's going to be a long film. Yes, because you've got Randall Flagg from The Stand in there and quite a few other characters. I mean, Needful Things gets mentioned quite a lot. I actually, I mean, I'm a huge Stephen King fan, but The Dark Tower is the one work of his that I've never really been able to get into. I read the Gunslinger, and Gunslinger is um, not the best out of the series. It's sort of, it's a lot of exposition, and it's basically it feels yeah. like a prologue to this huge, huge story. And then I, just, I got bored, and I moved. That, in my yeah. teens, this was when I read it. I got bored, moved on, and decided mm-hmm. that I preferred the um, the standalone novels. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it actually because they've not done a typical adaptation. They've taken another new take on the series. It's another wheel of the time, basically. So there's a whole thing about the series. This time is cyclical, and it happens again and again and again as soon as it ends it starts from the beginning uh, so it's basically the foot, uh, tweet Stephen King tweeted a picture out of the Horn of Eld with a caption last time around so he's already referencing the show quite well you've got Idris Elba Matthew McConaughey two of the best actors mm. around at the moment Do so you can't you just sell it on the fact that it's got Stringer Ball and Woodson in it from yeah. Basic Views I mean that's that's good enough isn't it yeah 28th of July release in the US so we don't know the UK release yet but I'm really looking forward to it Keith I'm going to hand over to you now with your film selections I know I've ended up with, the, with three comic book related ones the first two are coming up quite soon due for yes. release in February first up we've got um, Logan mm-hmm. which is potentially uh, Hugh Jackman's swan song as, yes. as Wolverine. Supposedly, it's yeah. supposed to be like the ending chapter of his until trilogy it, yeah, of movies. Until it makes money and then they decide to make another one. Well, they're kind of bandying around the idea of a Deadpool Wolverine <coughs> team-up, which yeah, yeah might work, but um, they've been teasing Logan for quite a while now. They've been tweeting out through things like Instagram, some beautiful black and white photographs of the yeah. various characters. Yeah. I mean, it's it's got to be very, very loosely based on the old man Logan comic book, which just won't work in the kind of Fox... Um, 
Marvel yeah. universe because yeah. they just haven't got the licenses it's, to any of the characters. Shame, it's a shame though because I'd say Old Man Logan's probably some of the best Wolverine stories that were released recently. It's, yeah, it's yeah. really good and it's, it's looking good. You know, they're introducing X-23, they've got Patrick Stewart back as um, Professor Xavier. It's looking yeah. really nice. I was I was quite happy with, with the Wolverine. I thought it worked as a, it was yeah. a really good film, really really nicely shot. Um, we've got Reavers in this one so it's it's looking good the trailers are looking nice so it stands up to the trailers to it. a bit great the, yeah. uh, the, yeah. the Hurt yeah. trailer is incredible having seen all the black and white photographs I'm, yeah. I am kind of looking forward to hopefully potentially in the future something like they did with Mad Max and, and releasing a black and white version of the film because I think that, mm, would, work, that could be cool. would work really nicely I think as well having Patrick Stewart not so powerful and like his mastery of yeah. Professor X in this, mm. he looks like he is at the very yeah, last gasps of his life in the yeah, trailer. Yeah, from the, what it is, yeah, from 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 the synopsis, it's he's an ailing Professor Xavier this time yeah. around. They're tra- they're trailing, they're pushing it as well as being R the first R rated Wolverine movie. Yeah. So it could be interesting. It looks pretty good. Yep. Um, but kind of following up from that is the other end of the spectrum where we've got Lego Batman. Um, yes. Will Arnett. To be honest, yeah. was the highlight of the Lego movie. Uh, and I'm just looking forward to actually having a proper Batman on screen for the first time in years. I'm not a fan <laughs> of Nolan's Batmans because basically they're not Batman films. Um, but all I've seen, even the Sky broadband tra- uh, advertisements yeah. with this yeah. Lego Batman look fantastic. We're going to have a proper Justice League, a proper Aquaman. Yep. Robin looks like he might be a pain in the bum, but yeah. it's looking pretty good. You know, ABR always be recording. Uh, Ralph Fiennes as, as Alfred, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then later in the year, we're moving on to Kingsman 2. Mm-hmm. which shot recently in Birmingham as well. Yes. Uh, that looks pretty good. Lots of returning characters, um, potentially John Channing Colin Tatum's Firth. Channing Tatum's in it as well. Yeah. Point, yeah. so that looks pretty good. I quite liked the first one. You know, the ending, perhaps slightly mm. controversial. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. But, <laughs> but the pink mushroom cloud. Yeah, it was a good yeah. action movie. Really good. Lots of solid yeah, action. Yeah, I quite enjoyed yeah. it as well. And we can uh, play uh, Spot uh, the Part of the Jewelry Quarter. Yeah, right. That'd be yeah, fun. It's good. Apparently, Colin Firth is rumoured to be popping up at some He's point. on the cast list. Is it either as so archive footage Whether it'll be a ghost or some kind of flashback, it'd be yeah. quite interesting. But it'd be good to see how they handle it. I enjoyed the first one. And then we've got... John Wick, John Wick 2, yep. which if you've not seen the original John Wick, go out, get it. Keanu Reeves' best role in decades, mm-hmm. uh, plays a vengeful ex-assassin, don't mess with his dog. Uh, the, choreography, <laughs> the fight choreography in the first film was fantastic. This one's looking like it's amping up that um, gun-fu I'd, I'd like things. it if they like swap the dog for a goldfish or something this time. <laughs> Just like, try to keep it in the bucket while shooting That'd people. Should have been a kit. Should have been a kit. Uh, but yeah, Keanu you know, seems to be on a bit of a, his own kind of reconnaissance uh, uh, type thing he's coming back but um, I really really enjoyed the first John Wick looking forward to this one so um, you know high hopes for all four of those yep Geeky Brummy on Brum Radio right so now back round to film part two so we'll kick off with George you picked out two of your favourite films coming up this year I did to the shock of no one I am equal parts excited for and dreading Wonder Woman which is out in June uh, I am a Wonder Woman obsessive, so if it's not right, it will really? make me I very, very sad. <laughs> All right. Do you like Wonder Woman? I would never have guessed. I took part in three uh, Secret Santas this year, and I got Wonder Woman presents for all of them. Put it that way. Not that you've been typecast it here. No, exactly, not at all. So, yeah, for me, it's really important that it's right. So I'm excited about it, because it's about damn time that we had Wonder Woman on the big screen, but I am a little bit scared that it won't be great. What does give me some hope, though, is that they have included Etta Candy. Mm. Etta is, or was Wonder Woman's best friend in the 1940s comics. She is, you know... 
smart mouth, fast talking. She's pretty cool. And she was plus size and vocal about body confidence, which for the 1940s was pretty awesome. She's being played by Lucy Davis, so I have high hopes that she'll be good and not just the token funny fat friend. Yeah. As long as they don't do that, it will be all right. Yeah. I'm still undecided on Chris Pratt in this movie. Chris Pine. Chris yeah. Pine. The, Steve the other one. There's yes. too many Chris. Yeah. The, other Chris. Yeah. the other one. I think Steve Rogers is one of those characters who's fairly boring Steve anyway. Rogers, so that's Captain yeah, that's Chris. Steve, Steve Trevor. Trevor. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing all around. Chris Why is everybody in a generic handsome white American? Precisely, yes. like yeah. soldiery types. So there's too many Chris's and Steves going on yes. in these films. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I don't know. Looks yeah, all right. I mean, World War One looks, looks a more interesting setting than doing Second World War. Or yeah, I think more it stops modern. people from saying it's just. Cap with a yeah, just, yeah. yeah, even though they do have just very DC's similar origins. Captain America, yeah. yeah. I just hope they drop the junkie XL Wonder Woman theme, that guitar one. I think it worked yeah. okay in mm. Batman vs Superman. But yeah, they Tra- trailers. Different. Yeah, fair enough. But I don't yeah. know. I hope it's good. I'd like I to hear some good. nice early 1900s a, music. Yeah. I want Actually, to see use the lasso as a lasso, though. She seems to be using it as a whip in the trailer, and that irritates me. It's yes. not a whip. It's a Where's the invisible jet? Where is the invisible jet? That it's one next the, it's to It's there, use. you just can't see it. Well, <laughs> but t- technically, would she have it in World War One? That's true. The invisible biplane. Yeah. Invisible, <laughs> invisible blimp. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, yeah. N- nervously hopeful about mm-hmm. that one. I'm excited. The other one I'm excited for, again, slightly opposite end of the scale, is, uh, is Beauty and the Beast. It's out in March. Yeah. Uh, the live action remake with Emma Watson. They've mm-hmm. just put out some uh, early footage of her singing some of the songs from it, and I was pleasantly surprised. She actually yeah. has a very pretty voice. Yeah. yeah. We were watching it last night. Yeah. Yeah, we were discussing last night that Belle isn't one of the, the, the Belsey Disney princesses, so it wasn't too much of a push for Emma Watson yeah. to do her own no. singing, and I'm glad they've done that. She does just sound. It's got quite a good cast, I think, nice. this. It's got a hell of a cast. The merch is already quite disturbing. Oh, Did you the, see the, 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 the weird, yes. the weird <laughs> uncanny yeah. doll that they. Yes. Said, oh, what? It looks like Emma it's Watson sort of from the neck up. It looks like Emma Watson if she's sort of, you know, like shaved half her hair off. Because yeah. the hairline is all, all you know, she's all had a, she's got a receding yeah. hairline. She's got a bit of a five head going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, it looks like Richard O'Brien in a periwig. Nice. <laughs> but Emma Thompson is Mrs. Potts. Yep. You could just, yeah. you, there doesn't need to be trailers. If somebody came up to me and just went, Emma Thompson is Mrs. Potts, I'd be like, great, right, where can I buy a ticket? I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> Let's mm. go. That's yeah. all it takes. She's just amazing in everything she, she does. She is. She's wonderful. But it is a great cast. Yeah. Yep. Ian McKellen. Yeah, as well, Cogsworth. As, as what more fa- do you need? As yeah. we found out last night, um, the original Mrs. Potts is not too impressed with it. Ooh. Says the mirror. Though. Controversial. Yeah, it, it the mirror. Yeah. But <laughs> according to the mirror, so take it with a, a pinch of salt, mm-hmm. uh, Angela Lansbury is not impressed at the remake in it. Well, she she wants but those residuals. That's what it I is. Say again. She wrote yeah. Pinocchio. Yeah. There's so Says much syndication. The that bastion of I don't like to think that Angela Lansbury would, would be salty. Evil. Like that. Yeah, salty exactly. Yeah. I think she's too classy to publicly diss it. I think yeah. she's probably gone, oh well, whatever. Like, yeah. It's a thing. I'm, I'm surprised that Jessica Fletcher's still alive. <laughs> 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 yeah. They should have got it back as Mrs. Potts again. That'd be yeah. great. David, you picked out too? Yeah, so I've got Shock The two horror. flagship movies of yes. the year. Shock horror, I have Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Episode 8. What's that? (laughs) Well, for those of you who don't know, Star Wars is the greatest film of all time. There is no other film you could possibly consider it like that. Sinister Squad. (laughs) Get out. (laughs) But no, it's... Like I say, I mean, for me, as everybody knows, I'm a huge Star Wars fan anyway, so I will be there on opening night and, yeah, just camping out outside. You want to see a bit more Mark Hamill? Yes. That man needed more screen time. I, I, yes. I just want to see yeah. him speak. Well, at any screen time, really. Yeah. 
Yes, but he, the man can pose well on a cliff. That's all I yes. can say for him. He had the best job in Force Awakens. He basically got paid to turn up and look intense for about 10 seconds at the end of the film. I mean, in a dressing gown. Amazing. Yeah. Whilst wind was blown in his face, I mean, he had to go off the coast of Ireland. It's That's not true. like he was yeah, just in a green screen in it. I'm curious, though, because people complained about there being no crawl in Rogue One. Yeah. And seeing as we know already that Episode 8 starts straight after Episode 7, what's the crawl going to be? Yeah. Is it going to be yeah. last time on Star Wars? Well, they, so well, how are they going to fill that? They could Five do the ago. bit with Kylo Ren and General Hooks sodding off to see um, Snoke. Yeah. That could yeah, be the crawl bit. It's like whilst Ray is on yeah. island planet. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I must say I'm a little worried about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to see where the plot goes with I this. I don't know. Rogue One prove you don't need a crawl. Yeah. Yeah, but. You know, high hopes. Yep. Rogue One kind of pushed Star Wars in a, in a direction that kind of made it exciting and new again. Yeah. And I think Episode Eight needs to kind of like we, match we've it. Now we've now yeah. decided that yeah, we, there can be things outside the Skywalker story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'd like to see Mark Hamill, but I also want to see kind of more of, of Finn and Poe and yeah. the rest of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Guns of the Galaxy yeah. Two. Yes. Um. Since I saw the first trailer, I've been excited about this. It's it just looks incredible. Or the whole announcement about. Ego being, yeah. uh, being it's Scarlet. against canon. Yeah. Kurt against Russell, canon. though. Kurt it's Russell against in a canon. Movie. It's wrong. It's it Jason of Sparta. Every, yes, everybody yeah. knows Star Lord's father is Jason of Spartax. Yes. The rest of it, though, I'm excited for. I mean, apparently we've got baby some, group looks. Yeah, ba- baby group looks incredible. <laughs> and apparently, there's going Sounds to be Sly Stallone popping up as, with a cameo. Hmm. Well, they had Nathan Fillion cameo, cameo last time. So yeah, they came they? with some. Yeah, yeah. Well. Who? who is he? He was the big prisoner guy who got Groot's fingers up his nose. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Rumor has it as well how the duck's going to be in it again. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. So yeah. thumbs up to that if that's true. I want to see more Cosmo. Cosmo is the yeah. best character that Marvel so never used. Howard and Cosmo spin-off movie. Yeah. I'm on board. Yes. Yep. Nice, nice Marvel buddy movie. Mm-hmm. Phil, anything in the cinema you're looking forward to? Um, not in the cinema, actually. No, mm. all the things I'm looking for, all the big, big stories I'm looking forward to are um, going to be on TV and or Amazon Prime or Netflix. So, um, so the first... Keep listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Guys. Films. Yeah, I've got a couple. I'm going down a bit more of the independent route because um, I quite like independent cinema. Uh, La La Land, which I'm genuinely really excited for because it's directed by the guy who did Whiplash, which is my favourite film of this decade. It's an incredible piece of work. So I'm excited to see... Uh, the other Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. The other Ryan, yeah. I'm excited to see what um, what his take on Ryan. Hollywood <laughs> yes. music's are. I'm the main Ryan. There's the other Ryan, which yeah, is yeah. Ryan Gosling, no. and then there's the comedy Ryan, which is Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. So I'm going to see La La Land tomorrow, yeah. I'm excited. The other, other round, yeah. So I, I think it's going to be a big Oscar film this year by the looks of it. So yeah, it is pure Oscar bait. They've blatantly released I mean, it. It's a Hollywood film about Hollywood, so it's... Yeah. Ugh, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it, it looks very pretty. It's self-congratulatory. So I'm, I'm bored already and I haven't even seen it yet. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, is it like this generation singing in the rain, sort of? Well, they, they've, they've, they've called it that themselves and it's like, yeah. no, wait for <laughs> someone else to call it that. You know, stop, <laughs> stop yeah. trying so hard. And yeah. apparently, they're calling it a musical. There's like five songs in it, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. Next film? Yeah, uh, this one's a bit of an unusual one, but uh, it's got connections to Guardians of the Galaxy because it has Sean Gunn in it, and I think that um, is it James Gunn, the director. Yeah. James Gunn is directing. He's produced yeah. it. It's called the Balco Experiment. <gasps> yes, the, I, the trailer for that looks so so good. Very yeah. very tense. Yeah, I chanced upon this by well by chance, and it's about a, it's it's a company in America, and they basically put their colleagues into a Hunger Games slash battle royale situation. 
where they've got to kill each other off. I think there's a slight twist on it. It's a yeah, it corner. looks like sort of the Purge meets Wall yes. Street kind of thing. It, it just looks very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think we can all relate to wanting to put our colleagues through something like that sometimes. I think so, yeah. So that's why I'm looking forward to it. Going back to James Gunn's pre-Marvel kind of like yeah. low-budget, kind of really nice-looking stuff. So, well, yeah, thing, I'm quite I mean, excited for that. Yeah, I've been following him on Instagram for a while, and he's been talking about the, Bel- uh, the Belko experiment for a long time, so it's nice that it's actually finally coming out. So yeah. Good to see. So a bit more interesting and left field to look forward to. Yep. Yeah. Hey everybody, John Barrowman here and you are listening to Brum Radio. Right, so next TV, we're going to have a quick rundown and I've been really greedy because I've picked four TV shows that are coming out. First one is Watership Down, which is a collaboration between BBC One and Netflix. So Ooh, this is quite interesting. interesting. So it's BBC One in the is UK. That the first collaboration of its kind? I think it is the first collaboration they've done together, because Netflix do show a lot of the BBC stuff worldwide. But And they do a lot, um, I think Netflix is the UK home of BBC America content yeah. as well. Something yeah. like that, yeah. 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 But, uh, so it's going to be on BBC One over here, it's going to be on Netflix internationally, four-part series, James McAvoy, Nicholas Holt, John Boyega, King, Ben Kingsley, Gemma Atterton, Olivia Coleman, Miles Jupp. So I don't think there yeah. was a better I mean, cast I mean, that, yeah. that I could have picked. So a, a small no-name cast then? Yes. Yeah. I'm ready to be terrified and to cry my eyes out. Yeah. Oh, yes. I guess that's stock buying tissues now. Ready. <laughs> yes. like, oh. If they don't probably play Bright Eyes though, I will be very upset if that needs to be in there some part. Yeah. Is there intentions yeah. for it Maybe to be on every Maybe have a cover stuff. of Bright Eyes by Bright Eyes. Uh, it's not actually got released, it just says 2017, but it's going to be a four-part mini-series, so... Sounds, that sounds really like yeah. maybe a big Easter or Christmas yes. type yes, thing. It, it's yeah. one of those holiday break yeah. things kind of thing. Uh, other show, April 2017, American Gods. Oh, so Brian yeah. Fuller's really? leaving this. I'm so excited for this. Neil Gaiman's magnum opus, one of his best works. One of the stories I love. Ricky Whittle from Hollyoaks's Shadow Moon. <laughs> <laughs> about that is I mean he's done other a few other things he's you know. still he, he was in the hundred and wasn't terrible no. but I think with with shadow he's you know that kind of token um, it's gonna be that like main character who's man really yeah play, he's just playing you know, yeah he's the least interesting person he's the, he's the, 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 the audience surrogate yeah. who takes you on that journey and then you have um, you know you've got Lovejoy as Mr. Wednesday yeah. Ian <laughs> Jean Anderson popping up and Emily uh, Browning as Laura Moon so she's ooh. third build so it might be quite a lot of because looking she, back yeah she plays quite a minor role in the book if I recall yeah is she um, pretty much gone within the first well chapter. she yeah I think she dies on page one yeah but that's not a spoiler yeah um, but uh, but yeah without giving too much away I mean I'm just I'm so so excited about this and and um, I, yeah the, from the trailers yep. that I've seen so far it's yeah. uh, it's it's gonna be good yeah it looks really good next one Legion so this is uh, gonna be on FX channel uh, it's been led by Noah Hawley who did Fargo so some decent casting there series three that'll be on this year as well yeah you McGregor think should be good uh, based on the Marvel Comics character of the same name, it's connected to the X-Men film series. It's basically Professor X's son yeah. in this. Oh. And it's he's diagnosed with schizophrenia, locked in a men- psychiatric hospitals all over the country, has an encounter with a fellow psychiatric patient who confronts him with the possibility there is more to do with his mental illness. And it is actually going to be part of the X-Men cinematic universe. Yeah, so it's going to cross over. Yeah. That might be really interesting. Yeah. Audrey Plaza as well, isn't it? Yes. Is oh, well, nice we love her. Yep. And my, my only concern is, like, the whole narrative of, oh, you know, mental illness is really magic. Yes. It's like, you need to be careful with how you tell that You need to be really story, careful. Like, but yeah. Noah Hawley, he's done really well with Fargo. Mm. I mean, Tim from The Office, nobody was expecting him to be 
able to do a Minnesotan accent there, was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's Dan Stevens, which should be yeah. interesting as well. Feb yeah. 2017, FX channel. So it should be on FX over here as well, most more than likely. Last one to come up from me, Star Trek Discovery. We've of all course. been waiting so long I'm, for a Star yeah, Trek I, I, series I, to come back. I, my hopes are so high, and yeah. I'm just, you know, I, I, I really, really hope that, that they, they manage to pull it off. Yeah, June May 2017 on CBS in America. There's no note of when or who it's going to be on in the UK. I heard that it's going to be broad. It's going to be um, available on Netflix week by week. Yes, I think the first show is going out live on TV in the states, and then they're moving it to online only. So I'm not sure what they're going to do with yeah, that. CBS Access or something. Yeah. I think. yeah. So it's set roughly a decade before the events of the original Star Trek series. So we're going prime timeline on this. Uh, follows the crew of the USS Discovery as discover new worlds and civilizations while exploring the franchise's signature contemporary themes. Season-long storyline or revolving an instant which is in Star Trek history which has been talked about but never explored. Mm. So that sounds quite interesting. Yeah, I've I, got a few ideas of what that could possibly yeah. be, mainly around Klingons. Yeah, that could be it, yeah, yeah. The first Klingon war. Or the destruction of Kronos. Yes. That would be cool. No, mm. that was... That was... Oh, no, that was That, was, in, that was Star Trek VI. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, could be that first Klingon War, more than likely, though. I just yeah. hope they fix the design of Discovery because I wasn't it's a big a Ralph, fan of what it looked like. Yeah, it's Ralph McQuarrie's original artwork, is what they released on their little yeah, promo so concept trailer. It does kind of look like, like some sort of Art Nouveau pizza cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, you're up next, and you picked three animated shows. Three cartoons, yes, yeah. because I'm a firm believer that often cartoons are far in excess of any adult live-action dramas that you get out there. Yeah. Uh, I've picked three which have no kind of firm release date this year, two of which are shows coming back from the dead. Yeah. First up's um, Gendy Tatofsky's Samurai Jack. Oh, Gendy Tatofsky just yeah. needs to have his own TV channel. But he's, he's currently doing a Luke Cage comic book through Marvel, which is just amazing. Um, but um, Samurai Jack went for four seasons on Cartoon Network yeah. uh, quite a while back. Um, never kind of successfully ended just kind of stopped with um, Jack being kind of lost and uh, we've lost the voice actor for Aku in recent years which is yeah. a bit of a downside General Iroh as well on yeah. our last time um, but he's coming to Adult Swim yeah. so hopefully they'll resolve Jack's story uh, in those episodes and yeah. um, give us the kind of um, resolution that that character deserves Yeah. Uh, next up we've got the return of Young Justice mm -hmm. which was another Cartoon Network show, which was basically uh, Aqua Boy. It was Baby Justice Robin, League, yeah. yeah. Uh, it worked really well. The first season was kind of your more traditional kind of um, Baby Justice League, and then they ran a whole series of called Invasion, yeah, um, which was a little bit more in depth. Um, great voice cast, yeah, really solid storytelling, really good. So looking it's forward nice to see a different yeah. DC Young crew rather than having the usual Teen Titans Yeah, the, the nice thing yeah. about the animated stuff is it, it ties itself closer to the comics. Yeah. They haven't got to worry about can this work, can this costume work practically. Mm -hmm. um, it's got some crossover characters with sh live action shows so they've yeah. got um, uh, Ms. Mar uh, Martian Manhunter yeah. who's currently in Supergirl and stuff like that so it'll be quite interesting to yeah. see what they do yeah. with all of that. Looks pretty cool. And then last up hopefully we'll get it this year will be the return of Rick and Morty. Oh Morty, yes. Morty you need to do this Morty, Morty, yeah. Morty go on. I mean, we, we, uh, end, uh, we ended uh, the Morty. end of the last <laughs> season with Rick in very dire straits yes. kind of 
accepting uh, his lot in life and kind yeah. of consigning himself to this kind of maximum security prison. Yeah. Um, they've done some uh, live streams with some animatics from the new series. Yeah. Looks really good. Uh, it's it's one of the boldest shows I've seen in recent years that, that holds up for repeat viewings. It's yeah. so layered, so it's Dan um, Harmon, we expected that from the creator community, uh-huh. that man it's put a joke across six seasons of one TV show. Yeah. It's everything that Doctor Who wishes it was. Oh, God, yes. Yep. It's, the, it's, 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 it's basically it's, the same core concept. It's the mad scientist and his human companion, but it's just so much better. It's it's drunk Doctor Who, basically. Yes, yeah. and, it's, and it's just, it's so wildly entertaining, and I, yeah, I can't wait yeah. for a third season. Yeah, as, as unpleasant as Rick is, yeah. you still love him. Yeah, he's, 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 he's the grumpy, character. horrible man that you always want nearby. Yeah, But you can see through to the soft centre inside yes. that actually he does care. He puts Aww. on this whole persona of like, I, um, uh, I dislike everybody, yep. but in, uh, at the bottom of it, he really feels for everybody. He's, a, you know, he's a solid, solid character. I'm really yeah. looking forward to season three. George, your two picks? Yep, uh, first up, out in February, Powerless. Coming up from DC, uh, mm-hmm. it's being made by NBC. I'm very, very excited. It's set within the DC universe about kind of the, the admin and stuff that exists yeah. around superheroes, which I think is just a genius idea. It's the insurance company that has to rebuild everything, isn't yeah. it? Pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Kind of what happens after the superheroes have smashed everything. It's, it's the cast is what's really attracted me to this. It's got Danny Pudi and Alan Tudyk in it. Say no more. That'll do. K2SO Fine. and. <laughs> Arbed from Community. What more could you want exactly. in a TV show? Apparently, Arbed spends the entire the entire series going around like trying to make their office more super by creating stupid pranks. So, Arbed so. basically. Yeah. yeah, he's basically playing Arbed. Please tell me that Troy's going to pop up at some point. In I the really cameo. hope so. That would make me Don Glover. Please happy. just turn up your power. Arbed in DC. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so good. I think he's left uh, Arbed way behind now. I don't know, Mr. No Childish way. Gambino. Yes. Award yeah. winner. Atlanta. Lando yeah. Calrissian. Lando Calrissian. Will he ever beat Billy D. Cool. Williams? Though? That man just effortless cool. If anyone can, I think it's Dan, I think it's yeah. uh, Don yeah. Glover. Yeah. The first ever Harvey Dent. Absolutely. I think it's just going to be fun, basically. Yeah. This show. I don't think it's going to be any kind of. You know, as long as it's not just that one joke over and over again. Yeah. Well, no, true. But I am excited for it. I think it is one of those that yeah, the cast alone is enough to make mm-hmm. me excited for it. The other one I'm excited about is Defenders, which as yet has no release date. It's just for 2017. Yes. Netflix's. Netflix. They, they just did Netflix's the, uh, in the crown. big release for it. Yes. And yeah. I follow Kristen Ritter on Instagram, and I was like, yeah. I know, no, no, spoilers. no spoilers. No spoilers, yeah. but spoilers. if he's bringing, it's bringing together Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Daredevil, and Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones was my favourite, well, probably my favourite anything, actually, out of last year. It was you mean the perfect year before? television. The year before, yeah. I'd love to see a B-list version like with Foggy and Rosario Dawson. Just all Dawson. their sidekicks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Trish. Yeah, oh, that would have been really good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be incredible. So, yeah, any excuse to see more of Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones on my TV makes me very, very happy. If they are going to do Trish Walker, they need to put her as Hellcat. Proper yeah, Hellcat. Yeah. Yes. Properly yes. What, yeah. Yeah. And give her that ginger the, hair back. To be yeah. fair, they've yeah. teased it as Hellcat, so I think that yeah. will be coming She will in at some point, series. I think. Yeah. It's probably going to be a ginger wig at some point. Yeah. Like, it's kind That's of what they do at DC guys, with the black canary. Yeah. now is the wig. The ginger's yeah. underneath. In, this, in the series, mm-hmm. she's shown as having red hair when she's younger. Mm-hmm. So, she is. Carol Barrowman here, and you are listening to Brum Radio. That's my big sister, and we love the Brummies. And this is my wee brother. And returning to the world of TV post Wonder Woman awesomeness. George is now twirling in the studio. Yes. I am. And Guy is breaking the studio whilst <laughs> munching on <laughs> crackle sticks. Mr. Ellis. Hi. 
your TV choices, which we uh, mentioned. Is it Gilmore Girls? <laughs> <laughs> Always. That was one of the things I was most excited for, but no, that was 2016. Um, so there's three things that I'm really looking forward to this year. Um, the first is uh, one of my favourite podcasts is being adapted for TV, and that Ooh. is Law. So the format of the podcast is each week... Um, the host, Aaron Menke, uh, sort of narrates the true story or history or urban myth behind one of our favourite horror stories. Um, so, And that could be um, folklore, it could be mythology, it could, could be, be actually... Could be who put Bella in the witch elm? Uh, well, well uh, <laughs> indeed, yeah. yeah. Um, and he, uh, so he, he sort of, yeah, he'll go through things like um, the witch trials and uh, and the, the myth of like the chupacabra or the Jersey Devil and things like that. And it's just really, he's a really spooky, softly spoken narrator. Um, and so I'm just I'm interested to see how that would work on like a TV anthology yeah. format. It, so it, it did work on American Horror Story season six for an oak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's exactly that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, to, to, to me, it almost sounds a little sort of Twilight Zone esque. Um, I think that might be how they're doing it. Yeah. I, I, there's not much information out there at the moment about what um, sort of form the, the show is going to take, but it's, it is. They have said it's going to be an anthology. Um, That'd be cool. So uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to. I, and also, I just I like the idea of a podcast becoming a TV show. They're doing yeah. it with doing it with serial as well. Although I don't really know how that's going to work. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the first. Um, and then uh, second, we have the. Uh, long-awaited season two of Sense8. So they did yes. the Christmas special, which was just this two-hour extravaganza of, uh, of, of martial arts and telepathy and, and you know, boffing. And, um, and it, what I really, really like about Sense8 is, um, you know, it's, it's sci-fi that tells a story about the world we're in now. So it's, I really tried and just it's, uh, it A lot it. of people have said that, that, you know, it's sort of, I mean, and, and the, I watched the first episode and went, well, what? The first episode <laughs> is really hard work because the, yeah. the, the, there's, there's, they have to introduce eight characters and yeah. some of the dialogue, you know, really does hurt your ears because it's yeah. so exposition heavy. heavy yeah. Um, but what I love about it is, um, you know, sort of, it's it's very much set in our world. You know, it's a world where, um, you know, this sort of very corporate, um, yeah. cynical, divisive, hate-fueled um, uh, sort of, you know, organization is after these people mm-hmm. who have this telepathic connection with each other. And it's yes. all about um, the importance of empathy and love and, and, and just really connecting with, with your fellow man. Yep. Um, so I, I, I have a, I, I really, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then finally, um, we have the big uh, TV adaptation of Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale mm-hmm. with Elizabeth Moss and Alexis Bledel. Um, and again... Gilmore Girls. Yes. Black, black there. <laughs> um, and it's just, again, it's a very, um, it's a very sort of timely retelling story. Will Alexis uh, ever, like, age? No. no. She will be 14. No. She's just got the most, like, perfect line-free forehead. And I don't... I, I, don't, I, don't, I just, like, I watched Gilmore Girls and it was like nothing had... Everybody else had grown up except her. It was like yeah. she'd just been kept in a cupboard for 10 years and then I mean, brought out. Is that not pretty Gilmore jeans, yeah. yeah. I mean, at least with Lauren Graham, you could see that she's had some, you know, Work sort of fill, yeah. filling around the eyes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so with 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 the Handmaid's Tale again, it's um, it's a very uh, timely story about the rights of women in the yeah. United States, and it's sort of set in this um, near future theocracy where mm-hmm. um, it's everything's dictated by the Bible, and women are only seen as um, you know sort of human incubators, really. So it's, yeah. it's a it's a very very um, disturbing story, but it's one of my favourite books, listen. and uh, and the the the, the still we've seen from the show so far um, look yeah. really great so I'm looking forward to that cool Mr. Whitney you have two choices for us oh yes and as a, as George earlier alluded to um, my first pick is Iron Fist which is out in March um, yeah I've loved all the Netflix series so far this one it's apparently it's going to be a lot lighter than the uh, 
Well, that's not that, 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 <laughs> well, yeah. that hard. Thank God for that, because yeah. Jessica Jones was, it was brilliant, but it was so, Bleak, it was an emotional slog to get Even through. Even Daredevil season two, and mm. yeah. Luke and then, Cage and Luke was, Cage was pretty bit, heavy. Yeah. Pretty hefty. Yeah, but it's, I mean, they've got um, recurring, uh, sorry, they've got Finn Jones as Iron yeah, Fist. Of course. Who, yeah. you know, credit to him, he studied... Uh, Kung Fu, Wushu, Tai Chi, Buddhist meditation. So he's really gone all in for the role. Yeah. Um, then you've got Colleen Wing is being played by Jessica Henwick of um, The Force Awakens. Right. Which one was she in? She the was Force? one of she was one of the Rebel fighter pilots. Okay. But she, uh, yeah, yeah, she's right. like cameo. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, so I'm given that we met uh, Misty Knight in Luke Cage, I have a feeling that those two will have a team up at some point in the near future. Ah, Does that mean we're going to get yeah. the Daughters of the Dragon period? I mm. hope so. That would be cool. pretty cool. Um, and then you also have cameos from yeah. Carrie Ann Moss, who played Jerry Hogarth in oh. Jessica Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Loved her. Perfect. Yeah. Hogarth was amazing. Wai Ching Ho as Gao from the second season of Daredevil. Ooh. Ah. Ah. I, I love so, how all these stories are overlapping. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah it's all the little tie-ins. And, yeah. and it's one of the things I've loved so much about the MCU. And, yeah. and we assume Rosario Dawson somewhere. Yeah. 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 She, 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 she's of in course. Yeah. She, she is yeah. the glue that holds the whole thing together. That was one of the weird things I saw online when they cast him as Finn Jones and they cast it and it was like, well, why isn't Iron Fist Chinese? It's like, have you oh, even looked at the not, comics? It was Danny Rand's story. Yeah, it's because it's Iron Fist, not Shang Chi. Yeah. If you want an Asian martial, an Asian Marvel oh. character, then Shang you do Shang Chi. Yeah, Iron Fist is an Irish-born immigrant yes. in the US. See, now you've mentioned him, I yeah. would. There must be some way of getting Shang Chi into Iron Fist. There are yes. rumours that he's going to make an appearance. What's your second right. one? Yeah. Um, second one is as has already come out. Uh, series of unfortunate events. Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. What yes. more can you say? We started watching it last night. It's brilliant. It's fun. Yeah. It looks right. Yes, it's it's, it's yeah. a very the, the Count Olaf is a very different to the the one in the film. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a lot more menacing. Theatrical. Yeah. 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 Guy. I'm out for him. Um, <clears throat> back on the 27th of January. Nobody watches this other than me, and I don't know why. Fortitude. It was perceived as like a killing Swedish drama. It's nothing like that at all. It's disturbing. It's messed up. It's the weirdest thing you'll watch on TV. And you got Dumbledore in it. He is in it. Yeah. So you got good, good cast: Danny Tucci, Mark um, Gambon, uh, woman from The Killing. So that's probably what we Christopher Eccleston, Dennis Quaid, and Super Two. So they're pulling in big names. So go and watch that show. It's fantastic. And Twin Peaks. But we don't need to talk about that. We all know. Oh, yes. all I mean, know if, if you're not sold already, there's no point. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. back as well, which is the, the best thing. Except the, is the log lady, did they film the log lady in it at all before she passed away? I think they or? did. Yeah, I think they got some cameos of her prior to her passing away. So fingers yeah. crossed. Just put it on a channel I can watch. That's all I ask. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, John Barrowman here, and you are listening to Brum Radio. And that was this week's Geeky Brummy Show, where we covered off many, 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 many TV and film preview shows. Stop saying the word many. <laughs> I'm Commandant Nassad. Should we have like a many jar? Many. Instead yes. of a swear jar. What's wrong with many? It's, it's better than with... few. <laughs> They haven't when we were saying the wonderful world of. You wouldn't have as long of a show. We discussed large quantities of entertainment. Yes. A variety of entertainment. Binders a cornucopia. Dossiers. <laughs> <laughs> a cornucopia of entertainment. Can we call it a variety if, if there's already a magazine called Variety? It's still yeah, they can't copyright yes. the word, Dave. It was, it was a large shower of shows. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Some golden TV moments. Oh. <laughs> That's it. I'm going home. A little sprinkling of what's to come in 2017. I'm going home. No. Stop taking the pee, guy. <laughs>
Donald needs it all for his hair. Allegedly. Bleach blonde hair. Allegedly. Please don't sue me. Journalism training there. Allegedly stops you getting sued. Yes, please don't sue me. I have no money. All right. Mr. Ellis, why are we wrong this week? Okay, so I'm Philip Ellis, and this is why you are wrong. Specifically, people who think that uh, that the feminists are ruining their favourite franchises like Star Wars and Ghostbusters by actually having, you know, a woman in a lead role or more than one woman in the entire film. Um, I just have to say, like, what the hell's wrong with you, you know? I don't like Ghostbusters because it's got a woman in it. I don't like Ghostbusters because it's a crap film. Oh, no, I know. I, 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 I would admit it's 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 a it's a you know Ghostbusters is it was a pretty you know kind of straight down the middle mainstream American comedy. The only things that really saved it were um, Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones who ad libbed most of their lines because they weren't given. Anything Kate McKinnon to work with. just needs her own TV show. Just give it. Yeah. Just, just give her something yeah. to do. But yeah. it's, um, it's it's not the people in this room that I'm ranting about. It's it's more it's all the people who kind of think that you know if you have more than one woman or a gay person or a black person on on their favorite you know show or film that it's political correctness gone mad as opposed to just simply representing humanity as it is. Do you think it's that United Colors of Benetton thing that TV producers think, seem yeah, they, to they, do? They, they, they like they, have well, to have one of each just to be clear. It's not that they have to, Ryan. It's that they're choosing. No, but that's to, what they feel like they have oh, they, to. They, that, and that's exactly it. They're like, oh, well, you know, you having to be PC and have you know, you having to have like a, a you know a, a Chinese person in it. It's like, well, maybe that character is Chinese. Maybe that's all. Yeah. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe that character is Chinese. Maybe the best actor for the role was Chinese. Like seriously, why? The, it's I, I, it's the more that they go on about it, the more I think like, well, what exactly is your problem with it so much? Is it that you don't like women? Is it that you don't like people of color? Is it that you don't like gay people? Mm. And actually, like, if you withdraw your support for this show, no one's going to care. No. The thing that I hate more than anything else is the carousel of the same 10 or 15 people who are so typecast now that, that oh, we need to BD have a Wong Chinese and person. John yes. Cho and, and just like, and, yeah. we'll bring in the Chinese person in Hollywood. Because there's only yeah. one allowed, apparently. Yeah, yeah exa- exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. It's, um, it is, it's, it's infuriating. Yeah, so we, me and Viv love watching Fresh Off the Boat, but it's about a Taiwanese family and they've caressed a Korean Guy in the main this, room. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's, it's like, it's, and it happens all the time, you know. Um, in, so, just to go back to one of my favourite shows of all time, uh, Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Um, Keiko Agina, who plays Lane, um, is Japanese, not Korean. Yeah. The woman who plays uh, Mrs. Kim, her mother, is Japanese, not Korean, but they play, yeah. they're playing a Korean family. Because yeah. there were just obviously in the late 90s no Korean actors available, apparently. Yeah. Just be a bit more understanding about your casting, I think. It's exactly. And pick the know, best person for the role, don't pick. Exactly, and um, what I, that, this is why I like the Shonda Rhimes model, which is um, colorblind casting. So they say, unless we are matching family members, so unless we're bringing in someone's brother, who obviously has to be of the same ethnicity, yeah. um, they actually just don't give a character an ethnicity until they've read all the best actors for it, and then they just choose the best person. And it's definitely that thing of like, unless it's specific to the character, then you cast the best person. I'd be quite happy if the next iteration of Star Trek was completely full of women, because... In, in that, there's no real need for them to be a particular type of character because it's all about their conflicts with alien societies. So you can do you can do yeah. that, and that's I think Star Trek's been really good with that in terms of yeah. like, having a cast yeah. that's pretty diverse. You've got older guys, you've got aliens, all the rest of it. But you know, I'm, I'm with Phil on this. I think yeah, people should get over it, and if you don't enjoy it. Tune, go and tune into yeah. something else instead. Go and watch a BBC panel show where it's all white men. You know what I really hate as well? That if as soon as a, any kind of TV show has a majority-minority cast, it's automatically niche. 
Yeah. yeah. Why is it yes. neat? It's, it's seen it as like, so blackish, for yes. instance. Or, um, and actually what's or Fresh Off the Boat is apparently um, yeah. only for Chinese people to watch. And so it's like, no, I, it's all um, about fish out of water stories. It, and, and, the, and the thing, yeah. this, is a, the, the, this is the thing. The thing that um, white people always use as an excuse is, oh, well, you know, great stories are universal. So, like, yeah. these stories featuring all white people can be enjoyed by everyone. Yeah. But if it's a film, so Moonlight, which won the best drama movie yeah. at the Golden Globes, um, that is, you know, a, a, about a, it's a film about black men, <coughs> and so it's seen as niche. And Whereas American, a, a film yeah. that was all about white men, which is basically all other films, yeah. that's seen as universal. So why is it it's only universal when it's white straight people in it? Yeah, I mean, another thing that gets me as well, especially in American TV, you have the Black Entertainment Tonight Network, and the BET Network yeah. is apparently just for black people to watch. Why does it have to be that? Yeah, well, well actually, BET, the, uh, BET is incredible. Yes, BET yeah. is an incredible channel, and I really recommend watching and anything also, on it's, it. And also, you know, um, I got some interesting data from Nielsen uh, about a month ago, where, um, so Blackish and Scandal, so black-led yeah. shows. I think yeah. well, Blackish is an entirely um, African-American cast. Yeah. Scandal is uh, you know, led by a, a black woman, Kate yeah. Washington, who's brilliant. The majority of people watching those are not black. Yeah. They, and they that's have the a, whole thing in the night is with the Cosby show. It was a black family, but they were playing white stereotypes, so which it was kind yeah. of upper-class yeah. middle American. And, rich, and also, it's like, if, yeah. you're, if you're white and you sit down to watch a TV show and, and you think, oh, I can't watch this because it's all black people, like, really look at yourself. Like, yeah, why is that? What is it that makes you so uncomfortable that you can't yeah. watch the story and see these characters as human beings that, who have relatable stories? Yeah. Also, yeah. for people, for, I think it is that concern of intruding. I, I genuinely had this conversation with somebody I work with who I speak to every day, get along with very well. I did a talk a little while ago about female superheroes, and a bloke at work turned to me and said, Sounds really interesting. I'd love to come, but it's just for girls, isn't it? And I'm like, What? What? Why? What? Sorry? Because it. Okay. So, if somebody's like female superheroes, again, or yeah. female characters in general, must only be for women, like, because. Why would because you be interested if you're you know, a bloke? Women being 52% of the population, they're a minority, they're a niche. We concern, are, yes, it's true, yeah. yeah. I think it's all about marketing product as well. They, yeah. they, they market to a particular product. So I'd like us to go back to what Channel 4 was like when it first kicked off. It was supposed to be the alternative channel, yeah. Off, there was a diverse range of programming. We had things like Desmond's, we had things like No Problem. We had loads of really interesting stuff, and I think people just kind of can't deal with it. And it's... it's What's been happening a lot in recent years, we've got this whole mindset of people just going, oh, well, I'm not stepping out of my tiny little bubble of like, oh, what's acceptable? Um, you know, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if suddenly we had the rise of a new Mary Whitehouse who was yeah. telling us, oh, you can't do that and you can't do this. The thing that annoys me most, yeah, the thing that annoys me most about modern media is everybody's right to be offended. If you're offended, oh, yeah. Yeah. don't watch it. Or, or saying you you're have, offended, you have all the remote control. You have the power. Turn it all off. All that says to me is you don't have the power the to channel. control your own emotions. Yes. I'm offended. Like when you're offended, nothing actually happens. Yes. Yeah. You being offended does not change anything at all. So yeah. shut up about it. And the whole thing, if you're offended, it's good for you because it's a different viewpoint and it will help you to change and become a better person. Exactly. I'm Phil Pellis, and this is why everyone in this room is right. Yay! <laughs> Yay! And that was the wonderful Mr. Philip Ellis with why we're all right in the studio and everybody else in the world is wrong. <laughs> Usually the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. We are not an echo chamber. <laughs> we just, we we just all happen to be correct and share, the, and share the same opinion. We're about as diverse as BBC One ident at the minute. So. <laughs> that is true. Don't go there. We're <laughs> oh, that's dangerous. Do you want uh, the we've got a northerner. We're doing all right. <laughs> yes, you have your talking northerner. It's yes. fine. From beyond the wall. Yes, it was yeah. now moved well, to Birmingham full-time. We've got more regional accents than the BBC, I think. Yes. That's true, we have. Yes. Mr. Halford. 
you look angry, as always, yeah. but angrier than usual. Ready. The vein is pulsing. Let us know why. I've got a couple of things which have um, annoyed me this week. I do apologise in advance if there is bad language here, but, um, you know, there, there, there might be, there might not. Um, right, number one is uh, people who walk along with their buddies and their chums yet they've got one headphone in. You ignorant sod. Why, I mean, why hang out with someone if you've got a headphone in? Like, you choose one or the other, music or your friend, who are you talking to? If someone was walking along with me, and they got a headphone in, and they're, and they're chatting to me as well, I'd be like, where's your priority? Are you actually, do, you, do you give a, a toss what I'm saying? Or you just want to hear music? What Maybe they're listening it? to the soundtrack of their lives, and they think they Aww. live in some, like, sitcom where they have to have they're backing music. For like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, I just can't, I don't get it. Or they want to be helpful if the man in the cue ball next to, next to them is crying out for toilet roll. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's really rude. It's like I just don't think it's the dumb thing. You're gonna listen to music. You put both headphones and you play ignorant to the world. This is what, okay. What uh, on a related topic? What really annoys me is when I'm like at dinner with friends and I'm halfway through conversation and then I'll look up and like they're looking at their phone. So like, I'm sorry, no, I, I'm speaking. Like we're socialising. We're friends. We're meant to be having a nice evening together. Is this but what you're telling me is this stranger on your phone is more important than the friend that's in front of you right now. Is this because you've been out with some bloggers with recently? Dave. <laughs> is this because you've been? No, it's, it's no. The thing is, when you're if we're at, if you're at an event with reporters and bloggers, I'm kind of used to everybody being on oh, the phone fine, all the time. Yeah. But it's it's no, it's just when I'm with actual friends and we're meant to be having a nice time together, and like they're just they they'd rather be Snapchatting with people, and it's like, well, go, you know, bugger off and, and Snapchat with them then. You know? yeah, don't don't um, don't come to me yeah. when they're not replying in the next five minutes. I, I agree. It's, it's it's the same with the headphones. It's just yeah, like just it's, manners. It's like whether you wanna you wanna listen to music or you wanna be talking to your friend. And you'd expect mm. to be if you're walking down the street with someone having a conversation, you'd expect them to be fully attentive to what you were saying, not be like listening to I don't know, Drake in the other ear. I mean I just well, someone's doing to, to me ripping out of their ear and break their iPod. It does seem bizarre. I can't recall any occasion when I've been out with another person and I've got my headphones on. It's youths. It's chavs. Is this part of social media addiction nowadays where people have to constantly <laughs> be on their phone, Mr. Philip Ellis? <laughs> <laughs> Busted. <laughs> But I was done talking. <laughs> yes, but we aren't. I think a great technique I've heard, and I really want to try it out with a group of friends at some point, is you go out for a dinner party, oh, the you've got the all the phones oh, in the basket, and, and the then the, the first person to check their first phone person has, to pay. Pay, yeah. has to pay the bill. That would be dinner like on Dave every week. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get that reference. Um, no, I, 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 um, I always suggest that, and then none of my friends go for it. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a second one. This happened this morning, and I'm fuming. Oh you only listening. have two. To, to quiet, quiet, quiet. I actually well, have I've my got, own guy help a story for this week. He has an endless list Is priority prioritising. Okay, so let's face it, you know. I look good. I'm wearing cowboy boots today, over jeans. It, it's both... It's a look. look. It's a look. It's fashionable and Can, can you hear and show us over the desk? Come. <gasps> oh, okay, that is fierce, actually, yeah. So it's missing the coat, though. It's oh, fashionable the and it's coat. practical. So, you know, it's sleeting outside, so I'm thinking I don't want wet trousers, so, you know, tuck them in, but I look good as well. So, anyway, I'm walking down the street, and a couple of what I would call practical peats 
walk past me. <laughs> Practical Pete are the people who just wear, wear North Face hoodies. Yes, yeah. basically. Yeah. 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 They or whatever like, George Asda like shirt their <laughs> wives buy for them. Yes, basically. They took it up on themselves to have a little chuckle at my shoes. It's kind of like, are you having a laugh? You fleece wearing douche. I was. <laughs> 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 that I was is my new insult. Like, oh I, love God, I love it. I love it. I love so it. you Hashtag. decided Hashtag to wear a fleece, and I decided to wear boots over jeans. I'm the one who's laughing. I'm the one who's trying to have your girlfriend. Seriously, I was fuming at him. I was just like, do you want oh my, my boot God. heel? Does this Stop go back please. to your cowboy obsession from Panto a few months, uh, last month? I mean, that. You know, I've always had a bit of a was cowboy that, Was thing, that an so. epiphany for you in your fashion style? Oh, like, I want to be a cowboy now. But I just think, I, just, if you're, I just wanted dry trousers today and to look a little bit good. I didn't want, you know, fleece. <laughs> Smith, you know, having a bloody laugh at me. Bloody well, the, well, the thing is, like, we live in a city. It's like, I, I, I remember when I sort of lived in, you know, like a small town and I would go through all these sort of different fashion phases as a teenager and you'd get funny looks on the bus then. But, like, we live in a city, you know, it was re- really diverse. Why does anyone care what you're wearing? Get over it. It's somebody else's feet. If you don't like them, don't wear <laughs> yeah. them. Well, like, seriously, cares? how little is going on in your own life, Pete? <laughs> well, this is <laughs> this is the thing. It's the people that dress like that that always have the smarmy looks at you. It's kind of yeah. like seriously. It's you like, basic. That's why. Yeah, yeah it's because yeah. like, you've never got the ambition to do this. So basically, we just know what that's about your character. So you're ambitious in the bedroom. These are. <laughs> oh! these, these are people who look on QVC and see the three morph moon fleece. But they think it's a little bit too risque <laughs> for them. Yeah, they do. Oh, oh my God. I could never yeah. wear yellow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. to be fair, I, I, when you, when you came, well, when we came in the studio and I spotted them on, yeah. They are actually a very nice pair of clothes. I, I mean, I, I thank you, Dave. Guy Halford is a bit of an aspirational style icon. His fur coat that I tried on last week, I felt so powerful in that. He needs to hipstagram yeah. a bit more. Yeah. Stop with the vinyl, Absolutely. get some fashion. You're, you're, Absolutely, you're out this the day. So that's, that's why I'm angry this week. It's people judging people who clearly look better than them. Perhaps you should get in first, and when you see them approaching, start laughing at them. Look at yours. Nike's so last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. fleece. Like, I wish I could just like stop caring what people thought of me. <laughs> so did you get that yeah. from your dad? Oh, are, those, are those jogging <laughs> bottoms elasticated? <laughs> <laughs> so you can shop only from millets. <laughs> well, the problem with that, though, is if Guy's laughing at people, then he can't be angry. That's true. And that, he, that he would, enjoys the anger, yeah, doesn't that, that it? It makes him powerful. It could be a maniacal laugh. Yes. He's like a Sith warrior. He feeds on rage I did anger. have a moment of understanding of a guy, though. I had my own Guy Halford moment the other weekend after he left the studio. I nearly had a, an, an argument in a bathroom with some slow... Again, I think it combines our rant about slow-walking people. I walked into <laughs> the ladies at Grand Central. There was a woman with what I assume was her elderly mother. There's like six open cubicles and they decide to stop right in the bit where the cubicles actually are and stand and have a little chat so nobody else can get around them. There's a queue of people. It's just like... Oh, I, I was in London yesterday and there was a woman who decided to stop and hug her husband goodbye at the ticket barrier on the tube. I'm oh, sorry. No. No. Worse, worse than that is people who stand in the entrance to a shop whilst they're yeah. waiting for the partner. But I fully there's a giant window. Move and then, the when you say, side. excuse me, they look at you like you're the one with the problem. Exactly what happened, because I kind of went with the excuse me, excuse me, and I was moving, and they were just kind of flailing like idiots. So, I'm and si- then I'm the, sp- the rage in the room The spirit like, of Guy Halford took over, <laughs> and I just kind of went, oh, for God's sake, and then just shoved between them Three, and then, oh, like, nice. get out of the way. <laughs> Three excuse me. Then the British muttering. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then get out of the way. No, I went yeah. straight to, from excuse me straight to Guy Halford. I'm just going to shove through. Like, Not to Guy Halford in powerful. ten seconds. Exactly. I'm going to have to keep an eye on you at cons, aren't I, George? Probably. Public transport. When you're trying to get on or off a bus, 
everybody who's waiting to get on tries to get on before everybody gets off, which is why I like having like tripods and things with me so I can put them sideways. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. I've got to get off, you've got to get out of the way. When did bus queues become free-for-alls? I was listening to a really interesting podcast actually the other day, it's called The Guilty Feminist, and it's about how like men will always like barge into you, whereas a woman will always try and get out of the way, like la- like sort of largely. Um, and the advice to people was, especially to women who are always being, you know, like bashed and, and sort of knocked over is, walk as if you're carrying a cello. Like, as okay. if basically there's like another person like next to you that's so size. So, buckled just, over with an immense well, weight. Like, basically, it's like actually like take up twice the space that you need to. You know, like yeah. ba- start man spreading and then people <laughs> might get out of your way. Yeah, I, mean, I do this, I do this in public transport. I think there is, man spreading is a real thing where people do just spread the knees out. Right. I, 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 I hate it. I'm yes. always so conscious about it on, yeah. on the train. Like, Converse yeah. to man spreading. for a reason. The bag on the seat. Oh, when the yeah. bus is full, I'm sorry. Now, is my bag person? now needs a new yeah, seat. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got two bus passes? Yeah, I've yeah. got two bus passes. Yeah. One for you and one for your the handbag with a lovely picture inside. The best part was a gentleman who felt his bag of Doritos needed its own seat on the train. No. It's just kind of, are they very tired? Oh, big was it? <laughs> just the little bag of Doritos just lying there. And he was happily taking crisps out of the, so it was clearly his crisps. We should just start a thing where if there's something on do? the seat, just sit on it. I think this is a British thing though, because it comes back to Empire where we just went to places and put things there and then that's ours now. Colonised the seat next to me. I annexed it. I disagree. Now it's mine. I need this, I need to put my bag on the seat next to me because I do not want to sit by any other human being I mean, in the I will, world on the bus I will, unless I, will, I know them. I will put my them. bag on the seat next to me on the train um, and I'll sort of sit with like one knee on it but then if it's a if full it's train, crowded then yeah. you're a gentleman always, or a lady and you move it to one side I always side. put the seat in the quiet coach because I hate people talking I hate noise I hate crowds and it's always the quietest carriage so you know it's empty so I, but then if it's full like if it's rush hour or whatever you know I will like a gentleman I'll put my bag on the shelf above me I'll keep my knees in the space of my seat and the person next to me had better do the same. Airplanes, lockers overhead, people with more bags than they should be away of. See, yeah. yeah. That's another hate. Like you're breaking the rules. If yes. this plane crashes, it's because of you. Yes. Yeah. If you get on the bus and I've got my bag in the seat next to me, I will look at the look at you back and I'll be like, <laughs> my, the look I will give you is like, I value my bag more than I value you. <laughs> If you're just tuning in, this is why everybody in the studio is angry this week. <laughs> Welcome to it's Angry Brummy. Yes. <laughs> That's a nice point to finish, I think. Thank you very much for listening to Geeky Rumi this week, where we will be back now. putting the world lighter. right. <laughs> we'll be back putting the world right again next we'll, week. We'll have a week to calm down, yes. and then we'll be angry again next week. Yes. <laughs> we will. Yeah, Add your like yeah, Right, so you can find us on brumradio.com. We are live every week at Saturday, 12 p.m. We're also on iTunes, Podbean, or your other favourite podcast service. And there goes my USB stick. <laughs> <laughs> we are also on Mixcloud at mixcloud.com forward slash brumradio. And many, many other places. Just look for us online. Type in Giggy Rummy. You'll many. find many, 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 many. many. Is Rummy. this going to be? Is this going to be one of your angry guys next week? Me <laughs> yeah. saying Maybe many. Saying many. I keep saying many, and I keep saying wonderful, and I'm <laughs> going to do it of. because I now know it annoys you. So. Expect more many. Well, expect yeah, many, 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 many angry <laughs> moments from me then. The expect many, many, many angry angries coming. From <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for downloading this, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys. Many happy regards. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please consider joining our listener supporters. You can do this by clicking the support tab on our website will go direct to Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio. Brum Radio shows are streamed online at the Brum Radio Mixcloud page and you can find more podcasts at brumradio.com.